need pros. And Boomer joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Good morning, Boomer. Hey, good morning, guys. I know it's probably been a tough weekend for you guys. And uh, waking up on a rainy Monday morning, it isn't so much fun talking about the Patriots and trying to pick up the pieces here. Did that game, I mean, it had to in some respect, but did that shake your confidence in Bill Belichick getting this team back to where he wants to? No, of course not. I mean, they do have a Josh Allen problem. There's no question about that. And they have to get faster on defense. Um, But I think, you know, all in all, when you take into uh, account the big picture and making it to the playoffs with a rookie quarterback, that's something to basically say, hey, you know, we got a future. But uh, I think that the, the last part of the season, limping into the playoffs, losing three of their last four, and unfortunately getting just steamrolled by the Buffalo Bills uh, is not a good way to end the season. It leaves a bad taste, but he knows what he has to do to improve the team, and I think really what it comes down to it, it's team speed, especially on defense. Boomer, when you get in those games, like in that situation, we've kind of all been in football games where you just don't show up as a football team. Um, is that on the coaching? Is that on the players? I mean, you know, that was a game where it was like, man, what am I watching? And no one decided to show up. So, Wiggy, I don't know if you had this happen to you when you were a player, but for me, when I played in Cincinnati, I could never win in the Houston Astrodome. I don't care how big the game was. I don't care when the game was played. I don't care what the, the building was a dump, but I, I could just never win in there. And most of the times, the teams that I took in there were pretty good teams, and we would just get launched. I mean, it would be it would be about as ugly as it got. So I, I kind of feel like Buffalo has had a lot of um, frustration over the last 20 years. And, you know, I go back to the Monday night game in which uh, Mac Jones, I think, only attempted three passes. And remember how after that game we were talking about how New England just absolutely manhandled Buffalo. And right after the game, uh, Sean McDermott, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, kind of make it personal. He kind of made it personal. He said, you know, Bill Belichick didn't play. Like, he felt, like, really, really insulted by the questions that were being asked of him and his coaching staff. And, man, he laid it on the line. And since that time, Josh Allen uh, has been like Superman uh, against the New England Patriots. And, by the way, you know, (laughs) it's going to be a long decade because as as long as that kid is there and he continues to play the way that he has been playing against the Patriots – you know, this is going to be, uh, I think, priority number one is how do we stop that guy when we see him? Because if we're going to see him three times a year, uh, two out of those three times, he's going to make it difficult on us. Boomer, you bring up a Josh McDaniels problem. Whether it's McDaniels or Mayo, do you think that the performance that the team put on on Saturday affects their potential head coaching positions? I mean, that's been the headline here in New England is, will we have Josh McDaniels in and Gerard Mayo next season? That's a really good question. I, I, I think both of those guys uh, deserve interviews for sure. There's no question about that. And for the most part, Josh McDaniels did an amazing job with his offense. Um, you know, they, they don't really have like, – they found two young running backs in, in Damian Harris and, of course, Ramonde Stevenson, and they're going to be around for the next three to four years um, at least. You know, Bill Bel- Belichick discards running backs, uh, you know, like we, we take the garbage out, but – um, he's, uh, he's got enough really good players here, but there's not really any superstars, you know? And, uh, when you think about the, I, I guess, you know, the good stuff that went on with the rookie quarterback, that he still deserves uh, a lot of accolades and a lot of uh, respect for that. I, so I think both guys are going to get, uh, interviews. The question really comes down as to whether or not another team wants to go with a Belichick prodigy, because when the prodigies come in, 
you know, they, they can see the dysfunction. They know what's wrong, and then they go to try and fix it. They don't try to be Bill Belichick, but they try to do things internally to fix the problem, whether it be Matt Patricia in Detroit or it be uh, Joe Judge down here in New York or Brian Flores down Miami, and you have so much dysfunction amongst the ownership of those organizations that it's almost impossible to accept, accept the extreme ways that these guys are trying to go about it. So that would be the thing that I would think would hurt their chances just simply because guys before them have not had a lot of success, but it's not due in large part to their fault. I think it's due in large part to the people that they go to work for. Boomer, trying to uh, remove the game, you know, the final score from the equation here, how, would you have, how did you uh, view Mac Jones's debut in the playoffs, especially in those conditions in Buffalo? No, I did say it on, at, on halftime. I think everybody else hit the rookie wall except for Mac Jones. Um, I do believe the play that Micah High made was unbelievable. I mean, that's, that's an all-pro safety-type play. And, I mean, to be able to catch the ball like he was Willie Mays in center field – and intercept it, I mean, that was, to me, the play of the game. That's where the momentum completely shifted. I know that Buffalo had come out and went right down the field, and maybe that was going to be the case for the entire night because their offense was virtually unstoppable. But if the Patriots were going to have a chance, they would have to have had to answer that first series. And Mac Jones was playing good. I mean, he was running. He was throwing the ball well. And that was a perfect pass that he laid out there. And I thought, you know, we all thought it was going to be a touchdown. And then you realize that Micah Hyde made that play. So uh, I, I thought Mac Jones played well, honestly. Uh, you know, he may have hit the rookie wall a little bit, and that is a real thing. Um, but in this game, uh, given the conditions and given the atmosphere and given a team that obviously feels like it's, you know, Super Bowl bound in the Buffalo Bills with a superstar quarterback, I thought he played really well. Boomer, when you look at this team moving forward, you know, you say that obviously Josh Allen at the level that he played at, he's going to be doing this for a long time. If you're the Patriots, you're in, uh, you're in management right now and you're saying, okay, where do we have to get better? Where do we have to get that elite player? Is that a guy that has to be a defensive elite player or is that have to be an offensive uh, elite player? What would you be doing or your thought process be this offseason with the New England Patriots? I need speed on defense. You know, I need I need more speed on defense, and I need to be able to get some. Well, you know, their linebackers are big wigs, and they're really good run stuffers for the most part. Uh, on, you know, Saturday night notwithstanding, but uh, I, I still think when I see uh, Bill's team, I you know I see a really well put together team, but I also see a team that lacks overall team speed. I'm not saying that they have a bunch of you know they they do have big lumbering slow guys and. You know, it's kind of interesting on the NFL today. I think uh, uh, Phil Sims said it. He goes, you know, big guys get bigger as the season goes on. Fast guys get tend to get slower. Uh, I don't necessarily know that I agree with all of that statement, but um, I still say that this game is based on speed. And if you watched, you know, any of the games over the weekend, you know, the real superstars in this NFL league are, are the guys that can really go after it, whether it be a Debo Samuel or a Tyreek Hill. Uh, you know, you look at you look at corners like Trayvon Diggs and, you say to yourself, you know, these are the guys that we need. We need fast guys that can make plays, and they can make them suddenly. And I don't necessarily know that the Patriots have that on defense. I mean, well put together for sure, but I think they need more team speed on that side of the ball. When you look at this defense, what happened to Matt Judon? Because that's the most confusing part for me, looking at the game on Saturday and looking at his performance before the bye week and then after the bye week. He just looks like a different player. Yeah, it's hard to say. He might have been dealing with something. He may be hurt. Um, you know, there was a point in time this season, I want to say 12, 13 games in, where we were all extolling the virtues of 
maybe he was the best free agent signing of the entire offseason because uh, he played that way. And then all of a sudden, he kind of hit the wall. Now, what, what I would think is that he probably had an injury that we don't know about, and he probably tried to play through it. And most of the guys that you know get to this point in the season, if they're not coming off of IR and coming back from some sort of injury and have fresh legs, have been dealing with something that we haven't heard about. And, you know, most most teams, especially the Patriots, very, very careful about who they put on the injured list, how they put them on the injured list. He just didn't look like the same player, Courtney. So I, I would I would kind of think that there was some sort of physical ailment that he was dealing with that we didn't know about. Boomer, I heard you discuss the uh, the mistaken whistle and the touchdown that stood with the Bengals. We had roughing the passer calls on Tom oh. Brady that were just absolutely nonsensical. The NFL's king. They have like 48 of the top 50 TV shows the entire year, so it's not like anything's going to change. But what I remember the good old days when the refs sort of put the whistle away in key playoff games. Are we never going to get back to that? I, I don't know about you guys. I sit there and I watch these games, and I think within the last five minutes of every game, we're all waiting for a flag. Yep. Every time the ball is thrown, I don't care who it's thrown by and I don't care who it's thrown to, we're all waiting for a flag. And that flag usually indicates either roughing the passer – or interference, or defensive holding, or illegal contact. And, you know, I wish I played in this this era because that would give me probably 50 to 60 more first downs per season than I had when I played because those plays were never called, especially in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I, between what happened in the bingo game, which was really a disgrace, and that, and that officiating crew is not going to get another playoff game, thankfully, and what happened yesterday in Dallas with the sun shining in the eyes of the wide receiver for Dallas. Uh, I'm like, you build a stadium east-west with glass so you can have the sun glaring right into the eyes of your football players is idiotic. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of crazy things. And that game yesterday uh, between uh, Dallas and San Francisco was just, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was a quagmire of events and situational football that if you couldn't make as many mistakes as they made. And Jimmy G basically almost lost that game for San Francisco again in the fourth quarter, and the the really the biggest well, there are two, three really egregious plays that he had. One, he had the really bad interception. Uh, before that, he had overthrown Brandon Ayuk, who was wide open, and that game would have been sealed right then and there. And then on the quarterback sneak, where he's going to go for it on fourth in about two inches, Trent Williams, his left tackle, and Wiggs, you understand <laughs> this, his left tackle is going to shift to right tight end. It's a responsibility of the quarterback right. to make sure a shifting player is set before you snap the freaking ball. <laughs> and he does, and he and he snaps the ball early. There's a penalty. They got to punt it and they got to give it to Dak Prescott, who then, under the direction of Kellen Moore, by the way, who is their, <laughs> you know, outworldly uh, offensive coordinator, who's you know on everybody's list to become a head coach. He's the one who's coordinating the offense. Tells Dak to run with the ball, and I get why he told Dak to do that. But Dak lost, uh, ran too far, took off too much time. The umpire couldn't get there to set the ball, and the game ends. Uh, I, I mean, I, I've never seen so much disarray toward late in the game by two playoff teams that were thinking that they were Super Bowl teams. Yeah, Boomi, you're 100% right, but I, I look at it. You know, Dallas game is, what's an extra five yards? You're at the 40-yard 40 line, 40 line. You might as well take two shots at the end zone with 14 seconds on the clock rather than trying a quarterback draw, which – gives you absolutely nothing but doesn't this now kind of go back to and we always talk about this and you should feel good about your Cincinnati Bengals team Mm. you know as long as they can fix it fix their issues of scoring inside the red zone Mm -hmm. um but isn't it about the coaching nowadays in 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 critical games where 
the team that is going to win is because that coach makes the right decision and makes sure and 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 is making sure that he puts the team in the best position to win, but they don't have those dumb penalties. Oh, 14 penalties for the Dallas Cowboys is just I mean, you have guys like Randy Gregory tackling people as if he doesn't know the rules. Are you like if you're a defensive end, you just can't tackle a an offensive tackle or an offensive guard or a tight end that's trying to block you. You, you can't do it. And you know these these penalties showed up in huge spots yesterday. I mean, it's a little bit on Mike McCarthy, but I also think it's on the players themselves. You know, and the one reason why Dak was doing what he did at the end of that game, so. What, Instead of doing the two Hail Marys, which I would have liked to have seen them go to as well, Wiggy, mm-hmm. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to get a little bit closer inside the 30-yard line, and then he wanted to drive a ball and just take one shot you know, and, and have a realistic shot. And they probably had a special play designed uh, because Kellen Moore is a very good offensive coordinator, but they kind of lost their way, and they didn't realize that they didn't have enough time on the clock to execute a quarterback draw that's going to run for 20 yards and then set the ball and be able to snap it and spike it. It usually takes about 16 seconds to get a playoff in the NFL, especially a long play like that. So uh, they miscalculated poorly, and it goes back again to coaching. And coaching, you know, is they're the ones that have to make sure the players understand the situation that they're in. It's called situational football, and it's gymnastics. It really is mental gymnastics. And uh, the Dallas Cowboys get a big fat F for the end of that game with the way that they uh, that that it unfolded. But then again, so did the 49ers for that matter. So, uh, you know, I, I think the 49ers moving on. It's a great matchup for them, assuming Nick Bosa is going to be healthy against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, we are dreaming about a Jimmy G Brady NFC title game. But uh, thank you for your time, as always, Boomer. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay, guys. Look forward to it. Have a great week.